We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You knew the risks when you decided to drive drunk. There could be a crash. People could get hurt or killed. But that didn't stop you, did it? You knew you could get arrested. You could incur huge legal expenses, and you could possibly even lose your job. You were well aware of the consequences of driving drunk. But one thing's for sure. You were wrong when you said it was no big deal. Drive sober or get pulled over. This message brought to you by NHTSA. My people, glad to have you back on the KJ Podcast. Doesn't this sound incredible? It doesn't sound like I'm underwater. Doesn't sound like it's 1941 and you're huddled around the fire as FDR gives you a radio address. I actually kind of liked that it sounded bad and you kept listening. That was really encouraging to me. It's Thursday. It's Chinatown, San Francisco. 49ers will play Sunday, week four, against the Arizona Cardinals. I think a winnable game. I'll have some numbers for you. I have some opinions for you. Some things that'll play out, some key players. Obviously, no NFL conversation can take place this week without mentioning protests and Donald Trump. Not going to rehash everything that happened. You guys are all well aware. I do think it's unwise for anyone not to comment on it, so give me a minute or two here. I did minor in political science at East Carolina University. Grew up in Washington, D.C. I have no political party. I I do follow it, though. Trump has always been a troll. He has not changed. He's been true to himself. He was a troll before he was a candidate, trolling Obama. He picks a divisive issue. He takes a side on it, and people follow him and there's a lot of negative backlash. He's been getting negative backlash his entire life. It really 
does not affect him. He, he is thinking about himself. Leaders do this when they're in power and they try and create distractions. In his mind, following the media as closely as he does, the story is now him versus the NFL, his supporters versus the NFL. He got everything kicked off in Alabama. It does seem like it's a geographical issue now. It seems like people in the South are very on his side. People in big cities are with the NFL players for protesting. He is good at what he's doing, creating division, being a troll. This is a leader who stayed true to everything he's been. He hasn't changed once. Um, I'm happy to see discussions taking place. Let's not forget Colin Kaepernick started all of this. Eric Reed for the 49ers is taking that torch. He was at the podium Wednesday. Kyle Shanahan was asked a bunch of questions about this. Being a part of the NFL, covering it and having worked for a team and now writing a book about it, the NFL has offered so many opportunities to so many people, coaches, executives, players, fans, concession workers who feel like they're a part of it. It's bigger than politics. It actually is. The NFL and sports bring people together like no other attacking it is is weak and foolish and i i'm glad that we saw people express themselves in either way i mean you saw the steelers guard villanueva also stand out there Derek wolf express yourself that's i think the good thing that's coming from this is conversations expressing yourself i think eric reed had the best quote he watches film of himself and dissects himself and is constantly criticizing himself how can we improve how can i improve as a football player it's fine to do that with America, too. We are not the United States right now. We're not united at all. We're just America. How do we talk about these things with 300 million people on social media and solve some issues? The, the rhetoric's crazy right now. It, it really is. It's, it's, it's really hard to support someone who's trying to divide people. I hope that's what people understand. All right, guys. This will never become the political podcast. I minored in that stuff. Was kind of turned off by it. I do follow it. Wanted to drop some commentary. It was just way too big of an issue inside the NFL. If the leader of our country attacks the sport I cover, it's going to get a couple minutes worth of time. But on to things that also matter, like the 49ers taking on the Arizona Cardinals. This is a 49ers team who's had 10 days rest, still banged up from a crazy game, bunch of concussions, Kyle Juszczyk in a neck brace afterwards. Not good to see all the injuries, but you hope that extra time and the fact that the Cardinals played on Monday night. Actually, one tidbit I learned working in an NFL building, teams hate when their opponent plays on Monday night the week before. Yes, it's short rest, but you have to turn around that film Monday night. There was quality control guys probably up till 5 o'clock in the morning cutting up tape, figuring out everything. The 49ers really couldn't make their full game plan until Tuesday night. I bet it was a lot of late nights there, Monday and Tuesday, from all coaches. So the 49ers had a bunch of time off to recharge. I don't necessarily think they were fully preparing for the Cardinals just because they'd only seen two games of tape. They needed to see that third, especially at home against a quality opponent, what kind of things they were running. Big game ahead for this defense. Arizona Cardinals... No David Johnson this year. Carson Palmer, he, he, looked, he looked good on Monday Night Football. He has not been their issue this year. 
offensive line has. 27 hits is a league high. It's more than Seattle, more than Houston. Deshaun Watson's getting hit there. Again, another clear path for this defensive line. If this is a close game in the fourth quarter, I think we're going to credit the D-line. DeForest Buckner might be the best player on the team so far to start the year. I think I was critical of him in the last podcast, night after the Rams game. Further review, this guy, defensive tackle in this scheme, is a fit. He is moving and swimming and using an array of moves, and he's making Michael Bennett look smart. You could see a Pro Bowl season here from DeForest Buckner if he keeps this up. Really, though, this is a Cardinals offense that has just really struggled running the football. They've been completely one-dimensional. Chris Johnson had to kind of lure him out of retirement. My fellow East Carolina Pirate, he's got 23 carries, 61 yards, 2.7 yards per carry, a long of 11. They're doing absolutely nothing in the running game. They have no offensive line, no real running back that they're counting on. Andre Ellington's got seven carries, 33 yards. So the 49ers are going to... Hope to make them one-dimensional. Here's the thing. This is a key matchup that will determine not only the outcome of this game, but how the 49ers think of Rashard Robinson. Larry Fitzgerald lined up, I believe, Monday against the Cowboys. Eight catches in the slot. He's one of the best slot receivers in the league. That's not a good slot matchup for Kwan Williams, a 5'10 corner. He's that's just I mean Fitz is gonna be able to catch jump balls on him all day. Kwan's very good, short in space. I just don't think he's not your down the field nickelback, and that's how the Cardinals use that slot receiver. Do they put Kwan in a bad matchup because they're scared of Rashad Robinson getting burnt across the middle of the field? Rashad Robinson's a good outside cornerback. He uses leverage against the sideline very well. Nickelback is a much harder position for most corners to play because there's no boundaries. You're starting in the middle of the field. You have to be incredible with your technique, your hips, your leverage. I don't know if that's a strength for Rashad Robinson. Next week after that, he'll have to go against T.Y. Hilton. I think this is a week you might see the 49ers get very creative, put Jaquiski Tart possibly a lot more nickelback than we've seen him. Maybe even putting Tart at free safety some and Jimmy Ward in the slot. Jimmy Ward has had a game or two against Fitzgerald where he has shined. He at least has experience covering him. This is a matchup that's going to determine a lot in this game and a lot on where the 49ers are with Rashard Robinson. I don't know if they want to make him so fragile and have him get burnt to toast in a position he's not ready to play. I mean, number the number one corner position he's not really ready to play. Do you really want to put him in the slot and shadow Larry Fitzgerald, or do you want to see if he can rise to the challenge here? Do you want to say, you know what, we don't even care if we lose the game because of this because we need Richard to grow up if we're going to be a good football team? Interesting choice there that Robert Sala has to make. I bet Kyle will have input on that, but he likes his staff to make decisions there. Bottom line, though, D-line doesn't get pressure at all, like constant pressure. Carson Palmer will pick you apart. You let him stand like a statue in the back of that pocket, you're counting on big plays all the time. I mean, they still have J.J. Nelson. They still have Jerron Brown was a guy that's coming on. They do have Jermaine Gresham, too, at tight end. It's not like the cupboard is barren there but this is doesn't feel like the same Cardinals team as a couple years ago they really don't feel that scary even with Matthew and Patrick Peterson on the back end Des Bryant didn't get targeted once 
when Patrick Peterson covered him. He's had kind of an up and down last couple of years. Good start to this year. Still, other than that, I am not fearful of this Cardinal team. You wonder about Bruce Arians. His shtick when you're winning and being cocky and honest, it, it works. When you're losing, it comes across as hostile. It comes across as why is it him against us? Why isn't he with us? Knowing the dynamics of an NFL locker room, they have a bad year, 5-11, and 6-10. and 10. There could be a lot of changes there. I mean, they've ignored the quarterback position. Last couple of years, there's been rumors of them taking a guy in the first round, getting ready to groom. Maybe they're in on Kirk Cousins. Maybe they think that's their next option at QB. I wouldn't be stunned if there's a new head coach in Arizona at next season or the following season. I'd be surprised. I would not be stunned. just doesn't feel like they're trending in the right direction. But they're counting on this week to get right against the 49ers. Listen, San Francisco, last two games, has almost beat the Seahawks and the Rams. There's no reason they can't beat the Cardinals. If they go out and execute on offense, Hoyer plays like he did last week. Carlos Hyde rushes for 100 yards. Garcon's fearless and makes plays over the middle of the field. Offensive line protects okay. This would not be a huge upset. It would definitely be an upset, but I think the 49ers have played well on defense in week two, well on offense in week three. If they can get slices of both of that, if they can get a little bit of consistency. Let's go to some numbers on offense. Thirty-first in time of possession. Time of possession is kind of a wanky, weird stat, but I think with this team, and they're not going to be playing fast football, and they obviously have had a lot of three and outs, had a lot of trouble weeks one and two. Things changed drastically week three. They have to be running the ball and making short completions, and the clock has to be ticking with, with them on offense. They're also 28th in third downs. That has to change. It's simple. Like These are numbers that can't exist, and you just won't win football games. This is what I have kind of found interesting as the 49ers have lost three in a row. I really think Kyle Shanahan, he went into the season knowing it was going to be a throwaway. It gets a little hyped up when you have all these new players, when you have two first-round draft picks, when you look like a competent coaching staff compared to the last couple guys that have been here. So expectations get a little bit out of whack. But I think in his mind, he doesn't seem panicky at all. He seems completely okay that he knew this was going to happen. couple things haven't gone their way. They've been close at Seattle. Seahawks are making the playoffs. I don't care if they lost to Tennessee last week. They notoriously start poorly. The Rams could go 8-8. Eight and eight. The schedule is tough, and the 49ers, essentially every team circles them on their schedule and say, all right, we can get a win there. That's tough. That's really tough to be in a position as the head coach of the team when you're coming off a Super Bowl and you're coming off being the best team in the NFC. I'm surprised how well he's handling it. So his attitude adjustment, his expectation level for this team, clearly he's the guy they're looking at now when they're not winning and things aren't going as they planned, as they hyped, as they expected to be good, obviously in meeting rooms, and they talked about it, I'm sure, and Hoyer, I'm sure, was like, let's make the playoffs. You know, let's not talk about the media, but why can't we do it in here? Let's, we'll think about things week to week, but long term, everyone's got to have a long term goal. I'm sure there's veterans in there who want to make the playoffs, but Kyle, kudos to him. He's handling things well. Let's see if this thing gets out of control, though. They lose to Arizona, they lose next week to the Colts. If they lose to the Colts without Andrew Luck, that's going to be 
possibly the worst loss of the season. Even though you'll be on back-to-back road trips, it's East Coast start time. You'll have excuses there, but you let Jacoby Brissett and a bunch of nobodies really on offense. Obviously, a Frank Gore, but T.Y. Hilton, they're not potent. They're not a dangerous team. You'd have to win that one. Then you're talking about, can Kyle keep this up? Can, can he keep the positive attitude? I think the worst record he's been a part of was 3-13, 2013 Washington, a year after winning the division. So he's been in this situation where he had a big high and then a low. It was with RG3. That was a complete anomaly. It's hard to compare anything in the league really ever to him. Um, if that does happen, if they start losing a lot, I bet we see a lot more John Lynch. I think we'll see John Lynch holding a town hall meeting. We'll see John Lynch on KNBR more. We'll see him with a profile piece, you know, not Peter King, someone coming there and detailing how they're still trying to figure things out. I think they've learned how to spin things and fans to be engaged. But I'll tell you this right now. Cleveland Browns fans are very upset right now. They went 1-15 last year. They're 0-3 now. 49ers fans are not going to turn quickly on Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, but there has to be some type of progress. Last week was progress with the offense. Week two was progress with the defense. Week one was a complete shitting of the bed. If as long as they show up on one side of the football each week, they're going to be okay. But if they start losing 30-10 to 10 a lot, next season there's going to be pressure to win. There's not this season at all. There will be pressure next season. And then if they don't win season two, depends on the quarterback situation. There's a lot at play here. I mean, I could break down everything for you about the Cardinals 49ers matchup. But at the end of the day, this really is just a, a season to get under their belt. It's the first season of Kyle handling O coordinating duties and head coaching. It's the first season of John Lynch making the little transactions during the week, finding a good player, putting him on the practice squad, promoting him maybe you're making a trade before the deadline. Um, this season is a learning experience. How did their free agent signings pan out? So far, Garcon's been amazing. Are they going to give anyone an extension in the middle of the year? Carlos Hyde? With the amount of money that they have, I guess you want to see that thing go to the offseason, but you might be able to get them for a lot cheaper now. Then again, you, you want to see more of this. You, you don't want to commit this early. Garcon's been a great signing. It'll be interesting to see what they do with Eric Reed. John Lynch has already come out and said things about the anthem. I haven't caught up on his commentary this week. He, he definitely is not a glowing fan. You know what, though? People change, and John Lynch is someone who could change his mind. He's seen Jerry Jones kneel. I think the 49ers will do some type of demonstration Sunday since they were unable to last Thursday before all this hit the fan. Just the, just the season here. I mean, it, it's trudging along slowly. They get the break here. But three road games in a row is difficult. I saw Matt Barrows wrote a piece about all the traveling they do. The 49ers will fly more the next three weeks than the Pittsburgh Steelers will all year. Having been on a team playing for a season with the Browns, even though you're pampered and you're staying at the finest hotels, it's tough. It's, it's a quick turnaround. Very quick turnaround. Monday morning, everyone's expected back at work, even if it's just watching film and not practicing. You have that buzz in your head where all you can think about is, I'm tired. I'm tired. You will have the next three weeks. The 49ers will be feeling very tired. Let's hope they got their rest during the bye. Mini bye. And I agree. Some players do like Thursday Night Football. A lot will bash it, but you do... Get the weekend off. I saw some pictures. 49ers players were either traveling or resting at home. I mean, it was a great way for them to unplug. 
you know, you, you kind of want that maybe after week three. It's kind of early to have it. But training camp's been long. Preseason's been long. They should be refreshed against Arizona. This should not be a team that looks sluggish or tired. They should be out there firing and rested. Elsewhere around the league, how about Kirk Cousins? Mentioned him earlier as a possibility for Arizona next season. He gets a minute every podcast because there's a coin flip chance that this is the guy the 49ers pay $90 million guaranteed. So we, he can't just arrive on our doorstep here and be like, all right, what do we know about him? Let's let's keep updated. I mean, did, I think he won NFC Player of the Month, didn't he? NFC Player of the Week, my bad. NFC Player of the Week. It's really hard producing a show, hosting it by yourself. Give me a freaking break. But listen, I've I come out and said it. I, I've been on both sides of this issue. Right now, and I'm thinking I'm sticking this way, I just want a young guy. I don't think the 49ers are going to be able to achieve a Super Bowl while Kirk Cousins is still in his prime. They still have so much of this roster to fill out and have star players everywhere. Eric Armstead's not going to be a star player, guys. He's going to be a nice role piece to have on a very good team. He, he's a starter on a bad team. Let's... Wait before we drop judgments on Navarro Bowman, but I mean, he's had two devastating injuries. And it, when Ruben Foster's back on the field, there's just going to be a huge noticeable difference, I think, in the types of plays that they're making, just because Foster's 10 years younger, has very little mileage on his body compared to Bowman. Eric Reed, you let him go. Now all of a sudden, you do have a hole at safety. Jimmy Ward, he's been hitting well. He's still got to really prove himself at the position. My point is the defense looks turned around. They are nowhere near to a finished product, and there's just three first-round picks in the last two years bolstered to it. Buckner's been great. Solomon Thomas has a lot to prove still. Just saying, you get Cousins here. I don't think this defense is in a position really at all to beat Aaron Rodgers, the Cowboys, the Buccaneers, maybe even the Eagles, like in the playoffs. I, I think you get Cousins here, and it's very similar to him in Washington. I'm sure they're going to get more playmakers on offense. The defense has to be a Seattle type of defense, a traditionally Denver, New England. If, if you're going to make this move for Cousins, it's to win a Super Bowl. Whatever move you make a quarterback, it's to win a Super Bowl. It's not to alleviate temporary pain. And make the playoffs at 9-7 and seven and lose in the wild card or divisional round. You legitimately have to pick someone at quarterback who you think is going to be here a long time and be able to see this th- thing through. Obviously, Hoyer's going to hope it's him. If he throws for 300 yards again and they win a game, there's going to be some nice buzz around him that he really has worked hard for, honestly deserves. I'm sure he's really fretting about this 0-3 start. The record is on the quarterback, even though it's not fair. That's how things are judged. That's how things are ultimately played out. If your record's not good, you have to do something about the quarterback position. The bottom line, my people, the 49ers are watchable. They're not going to turn in consistent performances. There's going to be flashes all the time. It's at the end of the season who flashed the most, who are our horses, who handled the losing well, who did Kyle identify as new leaders in the locker room, people that are going to bring the team closer together through turmoil because he's definitely seen plenty himself. That's the KJ Podcast. Really want to emphasize as we close here what I said in the beginning. 
I am so privileged to be affiliated with the NFL, to have spent the first six years of my career telling stories and getting to know the players, teams in Washington and Cleveland and San Francisco. The fan bases are so different in all of these places. The, the people who watch the games are different. The players, the personalities, it is the ultimate melting pot. It is the ultimate nothing matters really besides winning. And I'm glad people are using their platforms now, but it's it, it really, the NFL, sports in general, it's it's our place. It's our it's a safe haven. It's everyone's equal. Who's the best? Let's figure out who the best is. Nothing matters about skin and race, about differences. It, it matters about winning and and having fun. I like getting serious sometimes like this. It's just incredible. I'm maturing so much. I'm maturing so much. The hair is falling off my head. I'm going bald. I'm getting that mature. It's incredible. Incredible feeling. Hopefully you were entertained, informed, maybe persuaded on how you'll watch some of the games Sunday. It's kind of been a weird schedule with the 49ers. We're going to record on Mondays and Thursdays from here on out. All right, my peeps. Thank you. the high fashion hotline hi my family has big plans for labor day weekend but our outfits aren't measuring up then get to old navy old navy yep old navy's huge labor day sale is on now get 50 percent off all jeans 50 percent off all dresses 50 percent off all tees and 50 percent off all sweatshirts and hoodies for the whole family 50 percent off all those styles that's a big deal so is this style start at just six bucks at old navy and oldnavy.com change of plans we're spending the weekend at old navy high fashion old navy valid 830 to 93 excludes in store clearance active licensed and men's package tees